0: and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Mark Rose podcast. Today, we are going to be learning about a skill that will completely change your relationships and your life. And that's not an overpromise because I I have experienced it myself. This skill allows us to not only get more in our bodies, more cognizant and aware of our emotions, allows us to release them, allows us to just be informed by them so we can then change our lives, right? And so many of us in triggered moments in relationship, but this can be in life, we disassociate, we leave our bodies, we get reactive, we go into automatic programming that is generally destructive. But also, let me just reframe that in a way, it is protective and it's important because we learned it somewhere to protect ourselves from being hurt. And But unfortunately, the very thing that protects us from being hurt when it's in a safe situation, also prevents us from deeper intimacy, depth, and being seen. So this skill set invites us to get more in our bodies and also to be able to sit in those feelings and those thoughts and those things so that we can choose responses that are constructive to deepen intimacy and relating. If we learn this skill, it will as I said, radically transform our lives, but more specifically, our relationships to ourselves and other people. If we're just going to add a nice little cherry on top, it also will take you out of your body in a way, because I've had so many sort of almost psychedelic experiences through this practice, through this skill that have allowed me to explore the bigger conversation with consciousness and other dimensions. And you know, you know me, I like to be grounded and in the sky at the same time. I like that there are so much, there's so much complexity to the planet, to the earth, to how it works, to how relating works, to miracles, to all of it. And so we're going to get into that today. Before we get into today's episode, wherever you listen to this, share this episode if you found it really helpful so that someone else can find it too. Also, any of your favorite episodes, obviously, love for you to share them. Tag me on Instagram so I can reshare it. Wherever you listen, please give it a five-star review and a written review. That's so helpful to get it in more people's ears so that we can transform this world together with how we relate. Now is time. My good friend, returning guest, Josh Trent, he is the founder of Wellness Force Media. He's the creator of Breathe Breath and Wellness Programme and is the host of the Wellness Force podcast. Josh is an incredible human. I love his insights. I love his soul. I love his heart. And I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Josh Trent back in action. You're a return guest. I'm so excited to have you back, my friend. Me too. It's good to be here. Well, and you've had a few changes in your life since the last
1: time you were on, right? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, my my boy Nova is five weeks old. So I'm a father, which is something you and I have chatted about quite a bit. And uh, my heart has been expanded and filled in ways like I could have never imagined. And so it's so like the experiential learning that we all talk about, like there's no way you can be prepared to be a father because the experience of becoming one is actually what prepares you for it and the next phase. So I'm just like, whoa, welcome to parenthood. <laughs> That's, that's what it feels like. Yeah. It's awesome though. It's, I'm filled with love. Like no book is the immersion, <laughs>
0: you know, like no, they can't, they can't give you a fake baby and make you feel like you have a real baby, you know, <laughs> no. kids, the weird little babies that pee. And that's so weird, Yeah, but,
1: you know, they can't do that. And it's not going to actually give you the lived experience of caring for a being. No, no way. And, you know, it's funny. I was, when you mentioned that, the fake baby, I was thinking about the CPR classes where they have the babies and there's just no way that even if you did do a class of any kind, you would actually know how to apply that, your lessons to the actual moment when you're holding your child in your arms. It's just a totally different feeling. It's much like many things that that you talk about and that you and I talk about. You have to have the experiential learning and the wisdom that you earn to actually embody the virtues, to show up, to actually be it. So you you can do your prep, but good luck trying to apply a template for children, for infants. You know, there's a uh, the the actual act of experiencing fatherhood. I, I haven't. So you know,
0: to I to think about it, to dream about it, to try to put myself in your experience. I can't. You know, I hadn't. I had a guy I used to work with, this incredible guy who said he was such a, he's such a good father. And I remember he said to me that the first time he saw his child, it was the first moment he ever experienced his heart outside of his body. And I thought that was really profound. You know, this, that's, and that at least gave me some tangible, you know, possibility. But of course, you know, you realize that you combine DNA with someone else to who is a portal like that to me is wild. Like women are a portal, you know, on this planet, into the planet, whatever it
1: is. I don't know, but just incredible. So congrats. It's profound. Thanks, man. Yeah. And we had like a non-traditional desire to have our son at home and, you know, the universe had other plans. So we had a, a tremendously challenging and and really growth producing experience. But at the time I wasn't worried about the growth it was producing. I was just literally dealing with the trauma of the event. So yeah, I mean, I have a newfound reverence for what women go through like in every single way. Cause I saw it. I felt it. I was there firsthand. And I also know it's just another experience in my life where I have an idea of what I want. I have an expectation of how something might go. And then there's just like events that occur where I'm forced to surrender. And was the ultimate threshold, like ultimate initiation, Mark, to be a parent, to have everything you thought was going to go down, be completely different. And then like, the tools that I have, like, how do I make sense of it all? How do I like not lose my shit? Essentially, that was that was the journey I, we walked for, for 10 days in the NICU. Yeah, I remember talking to you,
0: you know, sort of briefly between moments I'm sure that you were in because I had no conceptualization of what was going on on the other side of the phone when we were texting. But I was just imagining like at the amount of you're like holding the possibility of loss at the same time. You know, that's there's so much love in that moment. And it's such a like it's this paradox. And I love that you said, you know, when you're in it, you're not thinking this is going to produce so much fucking growth. It's like, right. thanks a lot. You know, it's like someone <laughs> imagine while you're in that I text you. I'm like, wait till you see how much you grow from this, Josh. It's <laughs> like, I will never text you again, Mark.
1: <laughs> Ever. Ever. You know, it's crazy, man. Is I love my brother. He goes to my heart. He actually, when we were in the middle of it, like in the middle, when I was at my most stressed and honestly, most out of body because my body didn't feel safe because I wasn't really doing the things. I didn't have the go through trauma. There was a resistance to what is, and I was resisting it. And he calls me and he's like, dude, you know, it's going to be okay. Like, you know, things could be a lot worse. He was trying to coach me through it. And at one point I just said, brother, I love you, but- how the fuck would you feel if somebody was trying to coach you in the middle of this experience? And he's like, Oh, I guess I wouldn't like it. And I'm like, exactly. Mm -hmm. So there is something to be said about like this meeting the tide where it is and not trying to like change things or run right to the positive. And I get it though. It's like we all want to experience life in the most joyous way, but sometimes it just requires grit to stay in the shit. Like a, a, a resilience factor that, I mean, gosh, I didn't even know that I had that much resilience. And I, I feel like I've been through a lot of things, but this was beyond anything I could have ever even honestly thought that I could handle. It stretched you. Yeah. It's, it stretched me in a profound way. Yeah.
0: That experience of, as you're going through it, you know, you're growing. And it's requiring more of you that you didn't even know you could tap into. And it's so interesting in those moments because they're like tearing your, it's like your existential skin is being torn to make more room for more space, more love, more heart, more resilience, more all that. But you're right. You know, when someone says it could be worse or whatever focus on the positively intentioned thing, it actually pulls you out of being in it. You know, it sort of like negates or says your pain right now is not it's not as important as the possibility. And you're like, the pain is the possibility. So get the fuck out of here so I
1: can step into that. Yeah. Yeah, because pain's the ultimate teacher. I mean, and this isn't waxing poetic. Like, I don't know how I would have ever become the leader of my community or the leader of now my family if I didn't go through different levels of pain. There's just absolutely no way, Mark, like no way that we can embody the, I guess you could say the space or the capacity to hold it all, unless we've gone through some of these lessons from the pain teacher, just don't see it possible for any human being. Well, this, these moments invite practice, right?
0: They invite skill sets, because of course, when we're going through transition change, what happens? We throw out the window, our practices, our food choices, you know, and maybe could speak a bit to the biological process that maybe fuels that you know and and then what can we do to return because we've all done it you know we're all like i'm stressed fries stressed forget exercise i'm stressed whatever when those are all the things that really root
1: us and ground us and allow us to to be we were sharing before this interview about how the earth is the place that grounds us and whether it's, you know, the air we breathe around, we walk on or even experience of us touching physical touch, like all these things that ground us when we're in stress or when we're in some kind of traumatic event, the very first thing, unless we're, you know, a Zen master and maybe even they have their moments. The very first thing that happens is that we'll do this. <sighs> we'll hold our breath. We'll bring all of our energy up to our collarbone. And our belly completely shuts off, so we'll do upper chest breathing. And I think I've shared this with you. And if I haven't, here we go. On my arm is a tattoo, and "posso respirare, posso scegliere." In an Italian, that means, "If I can breathe, I can choose." And I got that because in 2016, I started to learn about the power of breath, and not just breath work, but just the beautiful art form that breathing is. And I say art form because many people that do work. Think of breath work as just another piece of work, but I see it as a form where I can pull my only autonomic lever in my body. And that is, you know, the parasympathetic and sympathetic lever. Breath is the only one we can c- control. So if I'm going through this experience where, by the way, I ducked into the bathroom at one point and I did my breathing because I was crying. I was leaving my body. I was literally in full meltdown. And the only thing that saved me was to get me back to my center so I could at least lead somewhat was doing my breathing. And what happens on a physiological level is we're flooded with cortisol. When we're flooded with cortisol, eventually we're going to have a blood sugar dysregulation. So on top of that blood sugar dysregulation, we're also not breathing, which then pulls us even harder into the sympathetic nervous system. Sympathetic being fight, flight, freeze. Uh, parasympathetic being rest, digest, and peace. So once we're over there in sympathetic the very thing that we actually need is the very thing that we've been trained as a society specifically as men to ignore and that is suck it up be strong don't show emotion harden up one of the big, biggest perpetrators of this is david goggins where he's like harden up bitch you know this narrative it's so fascinating i'm like i, I get why people are gravitated to it yeah like your kidneys I, shut down while you were running i mean that you've not had six great. heart surgeries or whatever so, so yeah, that's, that's biologically what's happening. And then the only way that we can even have an access point to choose, you know, if I can breathe, I can choose is if we take conscious control of our respiration. And so if I take conscious control of my respiration, well then granted, I'm going to be more conscious. I'm going to be more present in the moment. It's so easy to like intellectualize this and say, oh yeah, I get it. I get it for stress. We should breathe. But are you doing it have you trained yourself over time to actually make that trigger action response. So you're triggered. What's your action response to your trigger? Is it to go eat ice cream? Is it to yell? Is it to get defensive or shut down or blame? Or is it to go within, take a massive belly breath? Like you just yawned right now. It was just beautiful. Whenever we yawn, yeah, you're stretching your jaw. Whenever we yawn, like whenever we just emote, like, There's immediate relaxation. So if we train that over the course of time, it's like water dropping on a rock. And eventually that groove is, is worn, you know, synaptically and, and physiologically. So I got to a point in life where my anxiety was so bad five years back, actually, when I started Wellness Force, that I needed something. I kept praying, like, spirit, bring me something, you know, because I know it ain't going to just be these psychedelics. It's got to be something that makes me feel a little more safe. And so that's when I found breath through Mark Divine and Unbeatable Mind and Seal Fit. And then I started to really unpack the science and the, the spiritual aspect of the breath. And it's been my go to, like the number one thing that made me create the Breathe, Breath, and Wellness program. And now we serve people across the world, people in freaking Russia. <laughs> that still trips me out. We can create a program and people in a completely foreign country can access it and use it it's it's really beautiful so long-winded answer man but that's that's what's going on physiologically biologically we're literally turning down the volume of the default mode network in the brain when we breathe we're getting back to the parasympathetic we're bringing down the cortisol bringing more self-regulation to the blood sugar and we're in just a more harmonious state but the key is that we have to learn how to practice it when it matters most
0: Look, I like to get my greens on the go. I don't want to compromise on quality. I want to get organic. I want non-GMO. I want all the things. And my favorite product from Organifi will never cease to be the green juice. And now they have a green apple flavor, which kicks ass. I think I can say that. But it kicks ass. It's so good. And it's so easy. You just take a glass of water, take a scoop of green juice, or you take the travel packs. They're great to travel with. You open it up, you put it in the water, you mix it, and then bam, you've got a green juice. Without the mess, without all that stuff, and you're getting all the nutrients that all these superfoods that are in the green juice provide. So go check it out. Go to Organifi.com slash Create the Love, and you save 20% at checkout. So that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash Create the Love, And they have tons of amazing products. So go check it out and go save 20%. It makes me think of when we were talking about David Goggins saying like, yo, go do that thing, crush that thing, keep going. And I think it's important that we get through thresholds. But I think when we're doing it at the cost of our own health or we're not present through the, the transformation, through the threshold, you know, and I think what breath work has done for me in my, like, I'm not exceedingly experienced, you know, maybe done breath work, like hundred times in my life. In doing it though, there is nowhere to go. <laughs> like you're <laughs> in your body, all the feelings that you've been not feeling always been a beautiful experience. Like I have yet, you know, it's been emotional. It's been all the things and you feel like tingling, you know, you feel all, you're just so embodied. And I think if we can If we can get back into that space, because when we're triggered, we're not using our brains anymore either, you Mm -hmm. know? And I was saying to you before record too, that I felt that way. Like I felt very much like disembodied, yeah, and disassociated because of trauma of the world and what's going on right now. And I have a hard time. The reason I was stretching my jaw, I wasn't yawning is because I've also felt tightness in my jaw. I felt, you know, that I clench, I have a gap between my front teeth now that I never had. When I became an entrepreneur, that began, you know, Mm. the stress of of just life, but also not necessarily having the right tools because who says breathe and like teaches you how to actually breathe properly, you know? And I watched now parents with their toddlers who are like, take a moment, ready? And they do a breath. And I'm like, that's incredible. Like this kid is learning how to regulate. (laughs) I wasn't learning that.
1: (laughs) bring up such a rad point you know what happens to a baby if you cover their mouth or if you cover their nose i'm sorry if you plug a baby's nose they start to choke because at birth babies don't know how to breathe through their mouth we're actually Mm -hmm. wired to breathe through our nose from from birth the miracle wisdom so what does that say about us as adults Like you had said, if we're not learning how to self-regulate and we become prey to the trappings of social media and distractions and stress, we're trained by parental example and by societal example. So if I'm a three-year-old and I'm learning that it's actually not safe to be calm, it's not safe to breathe through my nose because I have to learn to, then I'm eventually going to turn off that circuitry. And then I'm literally and physiologically not prepared to deal with greater stressors in life. And so it's not our fault, man. I'm not here to demonize anyone. I mean... Just because we're born with an innate intelligence doesn't mean that we embody as adults. You know, we have to be reminded yeah, and retaught
0: to everything in that sentence. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Big part of what we learn with breath is, okay, well, what are my emotions and my pain trying to teach me? And if I'm not breathing through my belly, on a physiological note, the enteric nervous system, which you, know, you and Zach have talked about a lot on your podcast, is gut health. But what people don't realize is in the enteric nervous system, there's more connections then like stars in the sky, which is kind of fucking fascinating to even That's think about. Right. Like we have so like much going on there. We have a solar system, system in our gut. And then, and then the enteric nervous system wires with that central nervous system, which then the vagus nerve on the back of our cranium all the way down our spine, it innervates almost like tree roots. If you look at a diagram, it innervates on the back of the diaphragm. So when you take a big belly breath and you actually fill your lungs with air, and you change the position of the diaphragm, it sends a signal, hard electric signal to your brain to shift more over to parasympathetic. It's so, hell. belly breathing and conscious breathing, it's not just like woo, although beautiful. I love woo. You know, I love woo and I love science. I love Me too. It actually brings us to a place where we can then more auto regulate or self regulate and we can return back to innate intelligence that we were born with as babies where if you were to cover our nose, we would start to choke because natural breathing like you're doing right now, your mouth is gently closed. You're breathing through your nose. You're not even thinking about it because you're relaxed. But a lot of people, if you watch them, their mouth will be open when they listen to people talk because they're not breathing through their nose. And so there's so much to unpack with breath, but it's really about, can I remind myself when I have jaw tension, when I have something tight in my belly, when I feel something tight in my shoulder, can I take a breath and give myself a gift of presence and be like, okay, what's my pain trying to tell me? What's this mild, medium or heavy discomfort really trying to tell me? You know, what can I learn from it instead of how can I suppress that shit back down?
0: So do you have practice that, you know, for you listening right now, maybe we could just
1: have an experience that, yeah. that, and we can just get a taste, you know? Yes. So wherever you are, if you're in a car, you can do this. Just don't close your eyes. If you're seated and you want to close your eyes, that's cool too. Make sure that your hips and your shoulders and your head are in a straight line. So don't slouch forward. Don't lean back. So just feel your tailbone root into your seat. If you're in the park, if you're maybe listening to Mark's show and you're, you know, in a beautiful sunny area with little birds chirping, even better. But wherever you are, it's cool. Make sure you're straight. Put both hands on your belly. So feel the warmth of your hands on your belly. And just breathe normally through your nose relax your jaw just breathe in and out through your nose for three breaths no mouth yet just breathe through your nose in and out now take that you're doing through your nose and connect it inhale through your nose exhale through your mouth feel your belly expand like a balloon inhale through your nose Exhale, audible through your mouth. (sighs) Two more just like that. Last one, pull in your stress. Next one, let it go with your mouth. And just feel the difference that that did to your nervous system, how simple it is, how powerful it is just to be reminded. And then think about if you were to multiply that for six deep breaths in a row. And then if you were to just be with whatever came up. People that have trouble meditating benefit more than anyone else in the world from breath work or breathing because just in that little bit we did you can feel like right away and breath work is like the most immediate gratification tool because it just brings you to wherever you are and so if you're with us and you did the three while you're listening to mark and i do the six now so do the same thing we just did except do it six times and at the end of the sixth breath do a quick scan, almost like, you know, in the grocery store when they scan something, scan your entire body and find something that's tight or something that hurts. And then continue your conscious rolling breath, like a circle, and just put it to that spot. So me personally, Mm. I have a little bit of pain on the lower left side of my back. So I'm gonna close my eyes, stack my spine, put my hands on my belly, watch it grow like a balloon. Forget about... You notice I'm not even cueing us to forget about the chest, don't breathe through your chest. I find less words is more for breathing because if you use too much teaching or too much words, it gets people in their head and we want to get out of our head and into our belly, essentially. So everyone can do that. Maybe right now as you're listening, you're you're continuing that breath. You're getting some of the benefits of that. That's your entryway into breathing like a circle and breathing through your belly, which then... I mean, I can just feel with the tiny bit we did, like I'm even more relaxed. Mm-hmm. That's a great way that anybody can practice this for free, no matter who you are. It's a beautiful starting place. Gets us to this place of being present. And,
0: you know, I remember hearing someone who teaches breath work. I can't remember. What's that guy's name who's like the crazy Swiss guy? Oh, uh, Wim Hof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. He's a funny presenter. And he was saying, get high on your own supply. You know, he's, <laughs> yeah. and, I felt that when I did breath work, like I felt like I could go to other dimensions that I was, you know, I had had really beautiful exploratory journeys into my soul, into myself, into the world, into conversations with, you know, whatever I'm having conversations with. And also a relaxing, you know, like a relaxing of my nervous system. You feel sort of a dispelling, stored up tension. And I'm curious, what are, you know, my can't be the only one who's had psychedelic kind of experiences on breath work. And I'm curious what other sort of benefits come from it.
1: I was in 2016, I was laying on the ground and that was really like the beginning of my journey, which is what you talk about so much in your show. And that's like the intelligence of the heart, you know, like what it really means to be in your heart. I didn't know what that was in 2015. And I'll never forget. I was laying on the floor with like 50 spec ops, Navy SEAL, like, you know, like really tough people. And I look around, we're doing this warrior breathing, which is what you and I just did, but we're doing it in a longer fashion. And it got to this point where there was a psychedelic experience for me. And I look around and there's like people crying and I'm crying and I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm like, why am I crying right now? I didn't know what it was, but my body knew. And so what's really going on is inside of all of our tissues. I don't care who you are, man. Inside of all of our tissues is a tremendous amount of issues. And it's not just Bruce Lipton's thing, although he did, he did make that phrase big, which I love. Issues are in the tissues. So what are the issues? Issues are the capital T, the lowercase t trauma. So what's happening is when we are allowing ourselves to be in these states of really, Mark, altered, it's straight up altered states, like you're kind of like an astronaut and you're going to go to all these different parts of the galaxy within yourself. And you know who's really amazing at this is Anahata, our friend. She she took me through a session once. Oh my gosh, she's so amazing. And it's literally just conscious breathing with drumming. So there's three aspects. The first one is physiologically happening is we're flooding the system with oxygen. Then we're getting to a space of hypoxia. Hypoxia is where our blood saturation, our oxygen saturation is lowering. That can produce these existential states, these altered states. But the most important thing So first is the oxygen, then is the hypoxia. And then the third thing is whatever someone's integrative ability as the facilitator and also the experience of the student or the breather, those have to be on point because if somebody's never been through a psychedelic experience or if somebody's literally doing breathwork for the first time and they're already a traumatized human doing a cathartic breathwork could actually re-traumatize them if they don't know how to handle it or if the facilitator doesn't know how to handle it. So it's super important to bring up because people think of this breathing, like you mentioned, like Wim Hof. He's like, okay, breathe. And he's getting, you know, all these people into these states. But we also have to have like loving concern, loving awareness in those states. Because if we don't, we can re-traumatize people. But the cool thing is, is if you have somewhat of training. And if you're walked through an experience where you learn the fundamentals, you learn how to breathe, you learn how to hold space. If you're a teacher, or you learn how to handle what's coming up. If you're a student, you can have some incredible moments. Like I've had moments where I literally went back into world war II and connected with my grandfather and felt compassion for how he had to kill. I mean, I've had moments like that. That's awesome. I've had the most insane things occur. And I'm like, okay, I know that's not just my imagination because I can feel it here. I don't just sense it here in my head. And so as people go into breath work, there's there's three phases. There's the acute, which is like, oh shit, I'm stressed. I got to speak. There's the meditative, which is like more proactive nourishment. Like, hey, every day I'm going to love myself. I'm going to do this seven-minute practice or the 21. And then there's that last phase, Mark, which is the psychedelic experience, the cathartic breathing. So acute, meditative, and cathartic is what most people... An easy way to understand breathing, most people think of breathing just as that, you know, astronaut space exploring their galaxy in the soul. These are all things that deserve lots of attention, lots of respect. But the main thing I'll say is like, there's so much more going on than what you can think about. All you really need to know about breath is how you feel. That, that's the biggest mm. part of breath work or breathing is how do you feel? Do you feel better? Do you feel stressed? Let that modulate your, your capacity or your style. And think of all the benefits of this for
0: relationships, you know, like the ability when I started meditating and then started doing breath work, breath work allowed me to even get so much more attunement to my body. Meditation obviously provides a level of awareness, you know, that you're having awareness of awareness and, you know, all the magical things makes you the observer. I was the observer of my mind not so much my somatic feeling based response and doing breath work. And as I said, before we start recording, I'm like, I got to get back into it. Cause I'm feeling it. I need to get back into my body. I got to yeah. take more responsibility for my ability to respond, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just being able to be more present. And for you listening, there's no better way to supercharge your relationships and actually move into a deeper level of connection and intimacy than to have awareness of your body and your responses. I mean, there nothing will transform relationships better than going deeper within ourselves. So when I'm sitting in a trigger, that I have this practice to say, just take a breath, three of them, five, six, definitely better, to be able to begin to get blood perfused back to the parts of our brains <laughs> and that actually make say good things and actually are about building connection and What has been your students' response and yours too in embodying this and and making it a practice?
1: The easiest part of the breath is that you get the instant reward. The most challenging part of the breath, I guess you could say unequivocally for most people, is that they have to deal with what comes up when they do it, even in the cute, even in the seven minute or the 21. So the best thing I would say is it's actually your friend. I know it sounds a little weird. But on your show, I think it's totally cool to dive into love, weird. whatever, <laughs> whatever weird. comes up, whether it's anger, fear, resentment, jealousy, rage, I don't care. Any, any emotion, any energy in motion that emotes up that comes out when you're breathing is actually there anyways. So we don't need to ignore it or try to suppress it. Or we also don't need to, quote, focus on it. We can just let it come up and let it go. I have been, since my son's born, I've probably cried every week. <laughs> I, I've probably cried every single week. Yeah, I, I definitely have. It's not probably. I have. And it's because <laughs> when, I, when I'm when i sitting, so the way that I do it and the way that I teach it is first know how to breathe through your belly, know how to stack your spine, shoulders, and head, know how to relax your nervous system to the point where you can actually get the benefits of the circle. I like the box as well. The box is really good for grounding people. And so in a seven minute box practice in the breathe program, what we do is we have people actually stack their knees below their hips. So I see a lot of these meditation chairs where your knees are like above your hips. But what happens is, is when you do that, you actually cut down the capacity for your belly to go in and out. You really want to become a balloon. You want to go out as far as you can breathe like a horizontal person and then go in as far as you can. And I would say that from most of the people that start the program in the very first week, if they master that how to sit how to breathe properly from your belly button with the balloon they get the benefit immediately and then what comes after that is a lot of emotional inventory practices like what do you actually do with the stuff that's coming up i have mm-hmm. a lot of practices a lot of guides and tools for people to to manage the things that arise you know when they're doing the breath so there's there's a challenge and there's also a beautiful benefit man for people in that very first week where they're just they're just activating what's already there And then of course, you know, the deeper work is, okay, what do I do with this now? And then you become actually addicted in a good way because you start craving the breath work, just like you would crave a workout, just like you would crave anything that's good for you because it always gives you that lighter feeling. Anytime we're emoting something out, whether it is shame or anger or whatever, even if we're a half a percent lighter after we do it. The benefit is something that's going to hook our our brain. It's going to hook our limbic system because we knew that last time it was awesome or last time it might've been hard, but then, damn, I felt good when I'm done. We'll want to keep going back to the well. And so that's comes a true practice and an art form or a training because you get hooked. You get hooked in a good way. You get addicted to a positive affect from that, which is great. You
0: know, you get addicted to the experience. And I know after I've done it where you feel like your body feels so energized too, You're like, I could do so much shit right now. No, you definitely do
1: feel that. What is that from? I don't understand that. That you you bring up an awesome point. So Dan Brulé, he's been a breathwork pioneer for 40 years. He learned from Leonard Orr, who was like the father of breathwork. He says that based on his research, you get 300% more oxygen to the brain when you do a proper breath hold retention. What's a breath hold retention? You and I did our priming breaths in the breathe program. We'll do 20 to 30 priming breaths. Then we'll do two rounds or three rounds of box breathing. Then we'll on the exhale do a hold. When we do a hold, it increases nitric oxide. When we increase nitric oxide, the brain gets flooded in that hold on on the exhale with oxygen because all your pulmonaries are coming to your heart and your heart is pumping it into your head. And you're in a space where your brain literally is receiving more blood flow, more oxygen because of you super oxygenating, holding, grounding, and then bringing all that, the, the pulmonary spirit, I guess you could say, to your head. Think about this, 300% more oxygen to your brain after a properly done breath hold. How could this help anyone that is doing something more cognitively demanding or being on a stage or even like being on a podcast? You know, before you and I got on, I did like 10 Something, I didn't even count the breaths, over 10 breaths just to like center myself. So it's pretty fascinating what goes on because that's just one phase of it. Why also, Mark, we feel lighter when we're done with any kind of properly done breath work is because we're emoting, we're actually exiting the things that are contracting us a nervous system perspective. So any of those emotions I talked about, if we're releasing some of those, then hell yeah, we're gonna feel lighter because those things are subconsciously draining us, mm-hmm. whether it's a relationship or a job or just maybe an incessant monkey mind that we're indulging in, fuck. All, all the things that are pulling us, I mean, I look side to side right now because it seems like at all times, I have been feeling lately just an existential tension that is so vast and so fucking overwhelming at times. Sometimes I'll just be sad. I'll just like allow myself to be sad for what's going on in the world because it's really sad. It is, and I'm, it's really sad. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I do with the sadness? Yeah, I'm gonna allow myself to feel it, but what do I do with it? I have to emote it. I have to take the energy and I admire love and responsibility to put it in motion. Otherwise, I'm gonna eat something I don't. I know is not good for my higher self. I'm gonna lash out at Carrie, my partner, or I'm gonna you know, not show up for my son or my business as a father. So shit, it's the most important thing we can do is to move the energy in our body. And one of the most powerful ways to do that is through the breath.
0: And it's shocking to me that we don't talk about this, you know, that we don't actually it's not shocking. It's just unfortunate because we don't talk about anything. Really. There's very like 0.01% of schools talk about relationships. You know, very few talk about finance or finance or wellness or anything that makes humans whole. When you think of the last 18 months, I don't, we're not going to get on a tirade about this, but like immunity, health, nutrition, all the things that are good for your body. Like being able to, you know, now I was saying before we started recording, I'm like, I need breath work because I know that I need to get more embodied. I know that I'm super stressed from the world, from what's going on, the sadness, the grief, and also my rage, my rage as to that we have not been having conversations about wellness when the very thing we need is wellness. And there's so obviously so many confounding factors to that. There's no excuse to not have been having any conversations about health. There's none. And when people are like, but I don't give a fuck. Like we should have been talking about health. We should be talking about health. We should be obsessed with talking about how to improve our health, not consume more media and hurt and get more fears so that your immune system sucks. It's like, it's just this perpetual cycle that it just keeps injuring people and that enrages me. So I need breath work to get that rage out of my body because it fucking pisses me off. And it's such cancel culture and all the bullshit that you're like, we can't even have conversation anymore. We can't have dialogue. And what breathing allows is for dialogue with your body first, so that you can have dialogue with your family member who might be triggered by the fact that you're hesitant when you have very valid reasons to be hesitant no matter what your reasons are, I know they're valid because they're yours, you know, And,
1: and that's such a, yeah. You've had so many people on your podcast that talk about feedback, you know, like receiving feedback, like what is feedback? Our body is this beautiful synergistic being, meat suit, and you and I are inhabiting this meat suit. There is built-in feedback systems that we fucking ignore. We just we ignore them. We flat out ignore the feedback systems because whatever is feeding back, we don't want to eat. We don't want to swallow because it's uncomfortable. And I get it. Like, yo, I totally get it. Like, I'm carrying some extra weight right now, but look, I know how to let it go. You know, I just went through an insane two-month traumatic process. And so I'm honest about where I am with you, with us, with me, because what the fuck else is there besides me being honest? I mean, if I'm not listening to my own feedback, then I'm suppressing the information that's trying to come to me. So this is really big for all of us, man, because what you just said is probably what everyone is feeling. We're all feeling angry. We're all feeling upset. We're all feeling hopeful. We're feeling all the things. It's just like a knob has been turned up so much more. And the intensity of these things that I think we're feeling right now, especially if anyone identifies as an HSP or, or more empathic, like it's it's the highest volume I think we've ever experienced. And so it's a quick segue. Just bear with me for a second. Default mode network in our brain, prefrontal cortex, the posterior cingulate and the amygdala with some other ones. But those are the big three. When you're consciously breathing you actually turn down the volume on the default mode network. Hmm. The default mode network is what is scanning when you're doing a singular focused activity. So if anyone's ever tried to make love and their brain is spinning or you're trying to connect or just be with somebody and your brain is spinning, that's your default mode network volume knob turned all the way to max. And so what you have to do is in order to get out of your head and into your heart and your stomach, you actually have to physiologically go there. And you can go to talk therapy forever, Mark. I love talk therapy in some ways, but you the more you use your intellect to try to heal a somatic or a spiritual issue, the more you're actually shooting yourself in the foot. And so in order to heal what's going on downward, we have to bring up whatever is happening down. And so the only way we can bring up what is happening down is by breathing because that's what recirculates and that's what allows us to recapitulate the things that are, are causing us the constriction in the first place. I remember my dad saying to me once that, I said it a few times maybe just to make sure
0: it got in my head that there's very few people in the world who can actually do an honest audit of themselves of who they actually are and how they actually show up and you know you just did a live audit of how you're feeling and what's going on and yeah you know when we like in the circumstances that currently exist in our world if our somatic response is I don't want to do that or I don't agree with that but that we do that thing in order to we've been coerced to get freedom or to get whatever, to get acceptance from our family to get, and there's so many dynamics to this, but I want to speak to both sides because we're not speaking to both sides. We're not speaking to the experience of the collective. We're negating one side and saying it's bad. And and then you disassociate from your somatic experience because it says, I don't agree. And you say, but I'm going to do it anyway. And yeah. you said previously, you know, about like in order for things to come back from, get back into your heart you know, you have to, have to breathe. And there's hundred percent a role for coaching and therapy. Absolutely. Yes. And I've had transformative experiences and I'm sure I'll have many more from those. And I've had insane experiences as well with somatic experiencing with breath work where I felt things. I did this breath work practice once where it was combined with a medicine wheel. And it was a program actually at a psychotherapy conference and it was psychotherapy meets shamanism, which I was like, this is straight that's, up. That's homie. cool. I love that's this, sweet. Yeah. These yeah. things should hook up and make a baby. And <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm in it and I forget what part of the wheel I'm on, but all of a sudden I see my mom being taken from me and young. I know that that's what I know. And I see her being taken away from me. And then I start crying, like literally crying, not in the thought. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so I text my mom and dad. I'm like, yo, they're used to me now. I'm like, yo, I'm in this shamanism meets psychotherapy session. I just had this vision. I saw mom being taken from me. How long was I in the NICU? And my dad's like, my dad, I love him. He's like, you were born on a Friday at 5 p.m. to two very loving parents. And 10 days later, we were happy to, you know, he doesn't want to tell me like there's any pain in there which I understand all of a sudden I'm like, Whoa, that is crazy. So I talked to the the teacher after, and I'm like, Hey, I just had this experience. And she's like, and I'm like, I don't, I can't verbalize it. Like I can't label it. She said it was pre-verbal It's before you had words to label the emotion and no joke for like three months, I was also doing a candida cleanse. So just add a confounding factor to this for three months. I would just start crying randomly. And I remember talking to Kai and we were at, we were visiting her family. We were in their backyard and I'm like, I don't know why I'm so sad. Like I just started crying again. And, I was, and it all came back to this like release that I had in that breathwork ceremony that gave me access. And then I had the conversation with my parents about the experience, you know, more deeply than text thread lifted something from my chest that had been living there for so long that I couldn't label. And man, it was just profound. Mm -hmm. So, you know, speak to like, no one could get to that because it wasn't based on words. Like no psychotherapist was going to ask me the right row of questions to get me to, how'd you feel when your mom, when you got put in the NICU and your mom was taken. And I'm like, no one's thinking about that generally in the psychotherapeutic world.
1: Anyways, Um Mm -hmm. certainly Unless you're Mark Wallen, he he, he probably you in that he's direction. A boss. Yeah, yeah, wow, he would dude. for sure. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. he would. I'm like, I felt your story because my son was 10 days in the NICU, so it's really interesting that you were 10 and he's 10. And I and I know everyone has their own story, and I'm like inspired in this moment to share about like frequency aspect. You really think of our we're like living library that has a bunch of codes that we've been imprinted by. And we're either like aware of them or not. So if if you look at Hawkins work, and you and I have talked about this before, like the the big change for people is about frequency of 200 because below 200 is like shame, fear, guilt. And then right at 200, there's courage. There's fucking Mm. courage. So you had the courage. We have the courage to like go into it so we can get out of this spiral that maybe we don't even know is happening. Because these things happen on such a subconscious level that like you, they'll make people cry and they don't even know why. And it's way beyond like, oh, it's just my hormones or it's just this thing. There's so much going on is contributing to, I guess you could say, a collective unrest, both within ourselves and society. Unless we all have the courage to do the practices like you did and to do the breath work, we can't ever get to the 200. And then we can't ever get above 200, which is where, you know, we experience pride and then we experience acceptance and, and the ladder will go up from there. We can't get to 200, which is courage unless we actually lean into it and we do the thing. So the powerful way for people to get out of the head, and I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not going against talk therapy, Mark, but I will say, dude, I just, it's cool timing. Cause I just recorded a solo cast and it's called a victim of intellectualization. Mm. You and I, like, I love, I love to intellectualize. It's one of my favorite things to do. Oh, but love it. But it doesn't it doesn't heal me on that deep level because a lot of the things that my ego is attached to, I can be really smart and intellectualize my way out of it.
0: People can intellectualize anything. They can yeah. make anything make sense, any circumstances, the worst yeah. circumstances. And you know, when you're in your head, you're not in your heart. And most of us live in our heads because our hearts haven't been sensed, they haven't been felt. And that's why stillness and presence and breath is opening a beautiful door, journey back down to say, hey, there is so much more to me. There's so much more to me. I have so much innate wisdom. I have so much innate intelligence. And it's not about, you know, I you're saying about intellect. I lived so much in that space and I love the academic. I love research. But it was safe to be there. It was safe for me to know that better than anyone else or, you know, because then I would never feel like I didn't know, which then meant I never had to feel like it wasn't enough. And I even think of that experience relating, you know, I was someone who over pursued and was codependent, still working on that, obviously, because that's never done and would self-betray to be in relationship. And if you can't find it in the patterns of, you know, your relating or your childhood, It can simply be a moment like I had in the NICU where it's so unconscious that I'm just like, oh, I, that's why I'm so afraid of space being between me and the ones I love that I, I smother space and it could be the opposite. I could have had the opposite response. I don't want closeness because it leads to pain, but yeah, it's, it's profound what gifts we can access through the miracle of breath, the miracle of breath, like breath. It's such a miracle just to breathe. Like we're kept alive by something we can't see, you know, it's just floating in the air everywhere. It's abundant. They haven't tried to package it yet and sell it to us, except for if
1: you're in the hospital. <laughs> you know, I was feeling when you were sharing is like, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Gay Hendrix. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of his work oh, the Hendrix yeah. Institute. Yeah. So I just interviewed him. This is a genius zone. He wrote the big leap. He, this guy has so much wisdom. He's in his 70s. He's been in the game of life and also like growth, the growth game for 40 freaking years. Oh yeah. And he's a, he's and and his ability to just drop these bombshells that are like snipered in to the collective. He said something to me. He was like there's there's two big fears that we all have that we all get to face in this lifetime and that is either relationship to others or relationship to self. There's fear of being too close. And then there's fear of rejection. Isn't that such a crazy paradox? Mm. We're actually afraid of being too close because we want to be accepted and we want that. We crave that. But then on the other side of it, we're also afraid of being rejected. Like Life can be such a paradox and it can get us Mm. so stuck in the head where we project onto our current partner or any future partner whatever we haven't addressed. And so the most intelligent thing we could ever do is to tap into the intelligence of the breath because then from that place, we can actually make sense of, is this real? Are the thoughts I'm thinking actually fucking real? Or am I just swamped? My default mode network is turned all the way up. I'm believing the bullshit thoughts in my brain. I've been feeling this this week. Like I've been really solid on my personal habits and I've just felt so clear. I felt so clear and I'm like, well, this has been waiting for me the whole time. It was only because I had to experience (laughs) a bunch of pain at the clarity of what it means when I have discipline is freedom. And so Mm -hmm. I I was thinking about that when you were sharing, because I'm like, how many people deal with the same core issues over and over and over again from an emotional perspective, but they're not emoting what they're feeling. They're not actually moving it at all. So they're not learning
0: from it. Yeah,
1: they're not learning the gateway to all of it. It's like so, you know, Spirit made it so simple. Move. (laughs) Move your breath. Move your body. Like, just move. Move your boundaries. Move your boundaries. (laughs) We complicate it because we become uh, this intellectual, like, you know... Where there's like an intellectual dark web too, where people can go super deep on like the world is ending and all that stuff, which is like, that's a black hole. I recommend nobody goes down there. I got caught in there once. Yeah, I'm like, there. get me that- the fuck out of there. Yeah. So, so to round it out, like if we want to become our own savior, our own grace, then we have to first recognize that we have potentially become our own victim of intellectualization and that we were the oppressor. We ourselves, mm-hmm. I, me, Josh Trent. I oppressed myself. It wasn't my fucking dad. It wasn't my partner. It wasn't society. It was me. It was me the whole time, like it always has been. And I'm not negating trauma or, or abuse that people go through because that's real too. But I'm the one. I'm the arbiter of the truth. I'm the arbiter of if I'm a victim or if I'm not. And so this is about responsibility. So we all yes. get to breathe. And, and breathing is the response that makes us able to deal with life itself.
0: You are reminding me of a Pramumi- that I'm sure you, the listener, have heard me say before, which is, why do you stay in the prison when the door's right there? And it always makes me think of like that we build these prisons of possibility of what I can say, what I can, who I'm supposed to be, what I'm what I'm allowed to feel, what I'm capable of, what all these bullshit fucking rules that society teaches us that, you know, that are not the same as be kind, be graceful, be (laughs) be limited, be small be not, don't be too much, fit in this fucking prison. We'll all stay in it. We'll all complain about it. We'll drink shit ass rosé or whatever. And yeah. just to numb the fact that we're all sitting in this fucking prison, wondering why, watching people on the other side, we're like, that person, they got lucky. That person, they did it. Yeah. So man, walk have done the damn door.
1: I've done that. i literally said, oh, I used to, my very first talk I ever gave as an entrepreneur, ever. The talk was called "Speak Your Truth." It's on YouTube. <laughs> you can find it. And I basically said, "There's been four records that have played my whole life." Money causes pain. Expect the worst to happen. People can't be trusted, and I'm not worthy. For so the and records,
0: that rich people are bad. Yes. So money, get yeah. rid of it. Don't money have causes it. pain. Yeah. When I love people, they betray me. And definitely, so many upper limits about possibility in terms of purpose. I mean, I did an undergrad degree in finance that I've never taken an Ambien, but it's got to be similar. <laughs> I don't know. And no offense if you're listening and you love finance, because hey, to each their own. I totally get it. For me, yeah. it was the sleeping pill. And I'm like, I only did that because I was taught it. So yeah, man, I've had similar and I encourage you, the listener, what records have been running? Yeah. What prison are you in? And breath is a gateway to that. Like breath, just you've already experienced it on this show. Just Like every time we do that, we are actually in touch with the miracle of life, you know, and that's, and what you said, responsibility. Like I will always preach that, you know, we are just talking about, you know, I'm going to be launching a coaching thing for, for people who want to learn more about and be relationship coaches at some point. And I was like, what is the work that I have done or like sort of the premise of the values of the work? And it's, I've never cared about relational outcomes for people. Don't get me wrong. It's amazing if people stay together. I'm not going around bust, not love. <laughs> I just care that you're liberated. I could give a fuck about anything else. I just care that you're liberated. Because if my intention is anything else, then I won't, I'm not liberated in the intervention, you know? And breath work is a path to the observation and
1: to liberation because you experience it through breath. That's a great, I've never- thought about it like that thank you man that's so good yeah because we can see it and we can feel it and then really once once we do those two things there's no excuse except for maybe an excuse that the ego creates but there's really no excuse if you can feel and see because you can't fight against that kind of logic it's almost like a you know there's the subjective truth and the universal truth if you can feel it and see it it's not something that you can lie about can't lie about it and i think Good 25, maybe even 30 years of my life, I was just lying all the time. I was lying to myself about what I was really feeling. And of course, that's came out once I found the breath. So literally it's the Mm -hmm. access point. It's the gateway. It's the gateway to the liberation and the observation that you talked about. Because with the breath, we're not alive. And without the breath, we can't have a sensory experience. We can't observe. We can't feel. So, um, so good. This is why I love podcasting. Like would never think of that on my own. And that's what like a volleyball. Yeah. Conversation neither, would does. I,
0: neither would I, right. It's only through collective conversation. That's why community is so important. I, we need the emotion we access because you think of emotion, evoke motion, right? It evokes motion and we need to access it. Cause if you watch like the movie joy, I always love giving to people as an example of watching if they want to see what blowing up codependency looks like. And in that movie, which is, I think, Jennifer Lawrence, she does that. She's like, hit the end. She's like, bullshit, fuck this, I'm done. And she blows up shit, but she's achieving, like, in her purpose. And we often wait till we have to do things, till that evoked motion is on the end, like, where we can no more, no more. But you don't have to wait. It can just be a little, that's off, or, uh. And for me, like, one that's evoking motion is, I said to you, I need a breath work practice because I know I need it to be in integrity with myself. I need it. Yeah. Because I have to get back in my body so I can be more present. So I can do my best work. So I can be present to my partner. So I can be present to you in this podcast, to my friends, to my family, to you, the listener, to be in integrity with it. I have to. I know that I need to get more more boundaries around technology. Those and I'm gonna do it because that's When you learn something, you got to fucking do it. That's Mm -hmm. it. And so Josh, I love you. Thank you for being here. Where do people find more? Where do they tell them about your program and and how they can access it?
1: I always love our talks, whether it's on a podcast or not. And this one's close to my heart because I have, this is literally this point of my consciousness at this point in my development. This is my life's work so far. You know, sure. I'll do other things in life. This is like 41 years of my own experience. Um, and three years of travel to Thailand and working with these amazing people across the United States. So this program is, is Breathe Breath and Wellness. We talk about how to embody the things that come up and how to deal with what comes up after you breathe. So this is not just a breathwork specific program. This is about your well being. And so the program is three weeks long. I think if anyone has felt the call or maybe the excitement, or you get that little tug, just go to breathwork.io And as a gift to your audience, just enter the code Mark. Everybody gets 20% off breathwork.io with the code Mark. So thank you, man, for letting me share something that I really care about. And uh, trust your intuition, y'all. If you're feeling like you are at least interested or curious about breath, do that. If you're already a seasoned breathwork person, I bet you'll learn something new too. Amazing, man. Thanks so much. I've enjoyed this conversation thoroughly and always love chatting
0: with you and you know, mixing up the ingredients of of whatever the universe brings together to produce this. And and so thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If this episode resonated with you, one of the best ways to support the show is to go subscribe to the podcast. So you don't miss any more, leave a five-star review on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to it, or share the episode with your community on Instagram or whatever social place you like to hang out. This helps get it into more people's ears, and I'm so grateful for your support, always. Thanks again for tuning in. Much love.